Welcome to the Tar Heel Hustle, where we explore the different dimensions of the Keenan Flagler Executive MBA program. I'm Javier Guillermo. And I'm Bola Mustafa. And we're your hosts. With us is our tireless producer, Mafe Fosilia, keeping us honest. We decided to create this podcast to share with you our collective experience during our time in the Keenan Flagler MBA program. This season, we'll interview current students and cover topics ranging from time management, leveraging the MBA to make career changes, and explore the MBA program from the perspective of young high potential classmates and international students. We will also talk to faculty members about leadership and explore how they constantly adapt to our ever-changing world. So, let's hustle. Let's get down to business. Let's get down to business. Hey, Bola, what are we doing today? You know what? This episode is going to be a little bit different from the rest. We'll take a few moments to reflect on what went well and what to expect in season two. We'll also have a short segment with a couple of special guests. We have the whole crew joining us today. Bola, Mafe, who you heard in episode seven, and he's our wonderful producer. And for the first time, our dear social media manager, Esmeralda Baltasar. Esmeralda, tell us a little bit about yourself. Gracias, Javier. Thank you, Bola. Yeah, so I'm Esmeralda Baltasar, and uh, my background is in industrial engineering. I love manufacturing and quality systems, and more than anything, problem solving. So I'm an expert in Six Sigma Lean Manufacturing. So going from uh, incoming customer orders to actually delivering the product, I can grab, I can uh, define, measure, analyze, improve, and control. So that's a little bit about me. She is a wonder woman. Yes. She's a hard worker. And I want to double down on the problem solving part, but she's really good at problem solving. (laughs) Thank you. Absolutely. Let's get started with the questions. Is everybody ready? Ready. And I think Esmeralda should have the floor as our guest of honor. Thank you so much. So first things first, what was your favorite part of the season? I think my favorite part was definitely engaging with a range of people that we have interacted briefly, perhaps in, in the program and due to COVID and how we had to move into virtual classes, we did not have the benefit to attend classes every three weekends and kind of get to know each other on a more personal side. And these podcasts allow me to reach out to classmates and figure out the logistics on how we're going to record the sessions and send the questions ahead of time. Sometimes they will send out questions and, and then the whole recording bar, it was definitely the highlight of my, of my weeks. We will get everyone on the call and get this interaction that sometimes you guys were not able to hear because we have to edit it out, but it was very fun and you got to see different sides of our classmate and our faculty. So I definitely appreciate that the most. All right. So for me, get the podcast up and running would definitely be, you know, my, my favorite part of season one. Normally, if we were back at Rizzo, we'd be able to stop by the front of the classroom, have a chat with professors after, you know, class, just like you said, Mafe, and maybe grab coffee with each other and kind of chat and kind of get to know each other informally. But just to having this podcast, it's a great opportunity to kind of learn really cool things about our classmates, figure out how our themes or our journey here to UNC and how they're all similar, you know, 
although we come from different walks in life, ultimately some of the same themes kind of brought us all together and kind of united us all on this goal of getting this MBA at UNC. That's great. What about you, Javi? I would say that there were two favorite parts for me. The first part would be making friends, talking to all of you every week to prepare the episodes and just having that time to interact with each other. That was the first thing, my favorite. But the second part was also being able to ask our teachers and our classmates all types of questions. I, w- I would live for the follow-up questions that we ask our classmates. So, yeah, so I had a lot of fun doing that. I mean, maybe as Matthew mentioned, we, you could not get to hear all of the things that we, we were talking to because we, we, we had to cut them for time. But it was a lot of fun being able to ask the questions. So, so yeah, I would say that would be my second favorite. What type of questions, Javi? It's about a feeling when people were holding back and they wanted to tell more or talk more about something. And then you catch on to that and then you help them tell their story. That's a part I like. So everybody, what was your favorite part of the first year of class? Esme, you go. Okay, so don't kill me about this, but besides all the things that we have already mentioned from the program, really one of my favorite parts of the first year was the snacks and the and the food that they were providing at uh, the facilities over there at UNC. And I know how that sounds, but you guys, you won't believe how delicious the food that they were providing over there was to bring us that quality of food. I mean, it was phenomenal. And I really want to give it a shot to all of those people out there because they were extremely, extremely good. So I know that's probably not the type of, of, of answer that you will expect. Well, that was my favorite part. I was amazed by it. I you thought know, you were going to say accounting class when you say, don't <laughs> kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the first part, I guess the team building exercises that we had, you get to learn a lot about yourself. During team formation, you go through different phases, the Norman storming, and that storming, you know, it got kind of rough. And you get to learn what people are really made of and how they act under pressure. And uh, it gives you the opportunity to kind of, kind of see that and be more aware. And that way you can have more empathy whenever you're actually working in another setting and kind of realize what's going on and kind of figure out ways to, to counteract uh, any negative uh, emotions that might arise during the storming session. So, I think team formations, uh, that was definitely one of my favorite, favorite parts of uh, the first year. Shout out to Team 7, because we were in the same team. Absolutely. Hey, Mafe. Uh, it's going to sound cheesy, but actually the podcast, really. I think within a year of class and on top of the pandemic and everything that was going on, we were able to produce something positive and use our time which is not a lot, but get our efforts and time redirected to creating something positive out of the whole experience and just working with a team within, within the school and getting this project up and running. I think for sure all the things you have mentioned, snacks, and definitely the first week was phenomenal. But to me, it's very special that we were able to, to create positive and put good things into the universe uh, by creating this podcast and giving back to the school. And that is why you are the executive producer, Mafe. Amazing. Completely she agree. She is the boss. She you guys can't see it, but she's doing a dance in the background right now. Exactly. <laughs> so, hey, hey, do you have a professor that made a mark that really stood out to you and you really connected with during this first year? 
I think you should answer this question first, Bella, because okay. you you have talked about someone and I think I know who you're going to mention. So go for it. I had a professor that I felt like truly made a mark or truly connected with me personally uh, this year. That was Professor Larry Chavis. He was our microeconomics professor. He definitely enlightened me as far as like all the different macroeconomic trends that we are subject to that we don't really realize. And I had a chance to sit in on a couple of his other courses on uh, race and diversity and inclusion. He definitely puts his heart into his work and definitely appreciate having him as one of our first uh, year professors. What about y'all? I'll echo your comments. Just being barely month into the U.S., living here, moved out and settled in, I think Professor Chavez gave me a different perspective on how every single one of us can and should contribute to enhancing diversity and equal opportunities for everyone. He has very interesting facts and statistics and analysis behind the data that support the information he shares, which I found very valuable that he was not just issuing opinions, he was showing us with the data exactly what he was referring to. So definitely from a community kind of understanding of the culture I was moving into, definitely a highlight for me on a more personal level Bill Butts is uh, our professor for marketing. He had a lot of interesting information. I never had experience or anything related to marketing in my work experience. He gave me a lot of interesting information. And for my other project, an app, a startup, he gave amazing insights and and share some very valuable insights on, on how to approach that and how to incorporate more actionable strategies behind what I was putting together. So I really appreciate him and I'm thankful for his time and his advice that came at no cost. It was just him being cool and, and opening up and giving me a lot of advice. What about you, Javi? Oof, that's a tough question because we have worked with really talented teachers the first year of CORE. Two of them that stand out are uh, Adam Mercero. He makes statistics feel like second nature. I will never forget because it was during his class that we transitioned from live face-to-face to online because of the pandemic. So I will never forget how he worked very hard to ease us through the transition and help us learn. And I also like Adam Reed. He was very patient with everybody coming from different backgrounds. I mean, he was very patient to explain finance, also the occult sciences of options. He was very good at taking us step by step and helping us understand. Because of him, I know how to invest now. This is something I did not know before. But I also want to have special mention for Mabel. Mabel, she's an amazing educator. Her energy... I want to give this special shout out to Mabel and, and thank her for all she does. All right, let's go. Let's see. Let's see. So it's uh, Esme. Yes. What was one aha moment that you had throughout the first year of program? Javi, you go first. I talked a little bit about my first aha moment. I mean, I had many, but uh, my first aha moment was in Mabel's class. And she was just talking about what we were going to learn with her and, and the course. And I said, oh, yeah, this is where I'm supposed to be. That was my first aha moment. And I had many uh, after that one, but 
I remember that perfectly. <laughs> what about you, Mafe? For me, it was also Mabel's first class. And she was discussing the difference between a manager and a leader, which I have heard before, but I, I like the way she explained that very simply. But my aha moment was when she said, it's okay to be both. It's just, you have to apply that to different situations. You cannot always be a leader and you cannot always be a manager if you really want to be effective. That for me was like, oh, that makes sense. And it just, like everything from there that Mabel said, I was just in awe. It seems like Mabel is one of the favorites. What about you, Bola? You know, I love my Bell's class as well. And, you know, I definitely would echo a lot of sentiments that Mafe just made. But um, honestly, to just to, you know, distill it down to like the simplest answer, I would say Professor Tool's strategy course where he he said, hey, if you buy something for a dollar, you should not sell it for anything less than two. So, you know, you could, you could get all these like formulas for, for margins and and all this and all that, but it really comes down to it. If you, if you buy it for one, always sell it for two. And yeah, that's, that's pretty that's pretty straightforward. What about you, Asma? That's actually very difficult to say, but I'm a fan of Adam Mercero. And since the beginning of his class, I always thought, because I have a background in analytical tools and decision-making, like pff, there's nothing that this guy can say that would like blow out my mind at this point, right? Humbleness again, right? One of my key attributes, but uh, kidding in there. But the moment that he started the class and the way that he approached everybody, it was just spot on. It was amazing. Their their commentary, his remarks, it was just like, okay, yes, data analytics can actually be very fun. And it, it was great. I It's very difficult to try to select one from all of the different remarks that he did throughout the course. But yes, that was my, my aha. And I think that goes to show something we were discussing offline that is not just that our professor or the faculty, they're extremely knowledgeable and people very accomplished in, in their professional careers, but also they know how to teach and, and they know how to transmit and, and share that knowledge, which is so important and you don't always get that. So true. So that was fun. Yes. And now we're moving to our surprise segment with the winners of the icebreaker question. Yeah, our classmates, Amy Cooper and Laura Story, both smart and all around joy to be around. A little background. Right before we started every episode, we would ask our guests a few questions to break the ice. The most popular question was, if they had to be stranded on a deserted island and they could select two classmates in our cohort, who would they choose and why? And Amy and Laura were the winners. Congratulations, Amy and Laura. <laughs> Thank you. Such an honor. It is a crowning achievement. I'm telling you. You know, I, I guess this would be a good opportunity for us to kind of start off by letting you introduce yourselves real quick, and then we'll hop into your super secret powers uh, or your superpowers that uh, <laughs> that's caused a lot of our teammates or classmates to uh, vote you as their Desert Island champion. So I'll go ahead and start. So first of all, thank y'all so much for having me on. This is so exciting. I'm Laura, and most people call me Shug. 
I went to the University of South Carolina, where I earned my bachelor's degree in political science from the Honors College, and then my master's degree of public administration. And I want to start by saying that I never envisioned myself going to business school. So my background is actually in politics. And my career started off at the White House, working for First Lady Michelle Obama, followed by a staff position on President Obama's reelection campaign. And the last four years, I've served as Director of Business Development for the nation's leading provider of private pay behavioral health services, uh, specifically for adolescents. So I knew I wanted a program that was both highly ranked and academically rigorous, and also within driving distance of Asheville, where I live. And fortunately, one of the top 20 business schools was just a few hours away at UNC Chapel Hill. And I was lucky enough to sit in on a class, and it happened to be the Introduction to Entrepreneurship class with Dr. Atul Nurkar. And I was blown away. Everyone was incredibly smart and obviously competitive. And even though they were challenging each other, there was this strong sense of community. And it felt so inclusive and supportive. And I said, okay, that, that's the type of culture I want. And those are the type of people I want to be around. Because again, I, I don't see myself as that traditional MBA type. And long story short, I applied and I remember I received my acceptance letter and a fellowship during the most stressful and traumatic time in my life. Lots going on personally. I was very apprehensive to accept because I, I knew how intense this was going to be. But I remember asking my mom, who was the most authentic person I have ever met, I was like, mama, this is, this is going to be rough. We got so much going on right now. And without even hesitating, she said, she, I remember she held her hand up at me as in like, hush child. Uh, and she said, now is the right time you're going. So with my mama's blessing and the support of my awesome team at work, I found myself as an executive MBA student at Keenan Flagler. Well, there you go. You know, glad to have you. And it's been awesome, you know, being a teammate of yours. So I guess we'll switch it over to Amy. Can you tell us about yourself? Sure. So I graduated from the University of Alabama in Huntsville with a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering. After college, I went into Boeing's engineering leadership rotation program. So I got to work in different business units and understand how the company operates holistically. And then exiting that program, I spent some time working with a team focused on aircraft repair. And now I'm an engineering lead for a design team in the commercial airplane business. Business school in particular was not at all on my radar early on in my career, kind of like Laura. Being a female engineer, there's still an enormous amount of pressure to prove yourself. So my mindset at the start of my career was really like, I want to prove I belong in engineering and I belong here which meant I was focused on building my technical knowledge. I ended up enrolling in grad school while I was working and got a master's in engineering from UCLA. And by the time I got to the end of that degree program, I was kind of like, okay, I've proven myself. I can do engineering. What's next? And I'd been around a lot of leaders at my company who had done full-time MBA programs. And I thought that could be a really good path for me. 
So I spent about two years in the process of preparing to apply um, to top 10 full-time MBA programs, um, which is a really intense process. And ultimately, I realized that wasn't the right path for me. But going through that application process was actually very worthwhile because I never thought too far outside of engineering or the aerospace industry until that point. And the application process forces you to think really big with your goals, reflect, and have a clear understanding of where you're going. So I ended up talking to people from all different industries and really re-envisioned my career during that time. Um, so coming to Keenan Flagler is kind of a continuation of that effort for me and an opportunity to challenge myself to think differently and set my goals higher for my career than maybe I have in the past. Thank you so much for sharing your amazing stories with us. So how do you feel about being selected by your classmates as their deserted island champion? Amy, you go first. I think that there is no greater honor than people thinking I have the ability to save them off an island. I was an ocean lifeguard, so I do have some life-saving abilities. I would also like to point out that one person who voted for Laura thought it was a dessert island. So he was just trying to eat some cake with Laura on an island full of desserts. So I'm not sure if that disqualifies one of her votes and makes me the ultimate desert island champion, but I would like to throw that out there. <laughs> Laura. So first of all, I was really flattered. Uh, I think people were hoping that I would bring some of my homemade baked goods on the deserted island, to be honest. But I was really flattered um, to think that someone, when they are in the depths of despair, would actually want me hanging around. I was, uh, I was really happy to hear that. Our audience has to know that Laura bakes the most delicious, delicious black and white cookies you have ever tried in your life. Literally everything that Laura makes is perfect. Like, it, I don't know, the presentation is on point. The taste is on point. Like, it's a whole experience. Y'all are sweet. I, I will say that every time I bring goodies to y'all, they seem to somehow disappear. So that makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, I, I remember that one of the uh, of our classmates who selected you, she mentioned that you were a very smart engineer and that you would engineer the heck out of the deserted island. How do you feel about that? I mean, I'm very flattered. I will say I was born a really good problem solver, and I think that's why I became an engineer. I don't know if I would even try to get off the desert island at this point. I think it sounds pretty nice to stay there. So I don't know if I have any big ideals of getting off the island, but I am a really good problem solver, can think on my feet. And yeah, if I was truly in danger, like I can stay calm. I'm like, I'm there for you. I would agree to that. Having been on her team <laughs> for almost a year, I would totally agree with that. Also, I've been hiking in the woods with her and I totally agree. So I guess we can ask, if you were to select a classmate or two, who would your two classmates you would select to be on this deserted island without desserts? Oh, man. Well, I think, so my vibe on the island is, like, really mellow. So, like, <laughs> I couldn't have anyone that would run that vibe. Like, I couldn't deal with people who panic. So I feel like Laura would be a good pick because she'd just go along with whatever. And as long as we could, like, set up a bar or something, she would be like, yep, this is, like, this is good. I'm there. And then someone else who I think is like really calm and just like actually really funny is Vyshak. 
he has a great sense of humor. So I think if we were like, okay, bye, Shaq, like we're just going to stay on this island, he would totally be down. So yeah, those are the two, my two picks. Good choices. I agree. Vyshak is someone you want in your corner. He's uh, he's such a good sport about everything, and he has the best sense of humor. If nothing else, he always laughed at my jokes. But yeah, he's he's someone you want in your corner. I guess if if I were to have my pick, I would say Amy and Susie, just because. There is a certain vibe I would want. I need it to be laid back. But at the same time, I need Amy's engineering brain and her ability to make quick game time decisions in a neutral way. And, you know, I wouldn't want this to become like a Lord of the Flies situation or anything. <laughs> so um, having Susie on board would be great for setting up the, the island bar and getting things ready for that. So I think I think that would be a great team. Interesting, because Vaishak also picked both of you. So I will run out the team. <laughs> yeah, he, he had I'm the not same vibe in say, mind but I'm not supposed to say it, but yes, Vaishak picked both of you, Laura and Amy. So last question, after a year in Tina Flagger Business School, what do you value the most about the EMBA program? The people are the best part of the program at Keenan Flagler. Over the past year, there have been so many little serendipitous moments. And when I look back over everything, I'm so touched and, and thankful for the connections I have made here at Keenan Flagler. And there's a handful of people in my cohort who I feel like I've known for years. And I know that our relationships will absolutely extend beyond graduation. But the people are what make this experience so unique. I mean, I love coming to campus for classes. Now that we're able to, to go back socially distance in person after the pandemic, I feel so excited every time I pull into the Rizzo Center because everyone in our cohort is so fired up, so passionate, and so smart. And I always just think to myself, man, these are the kind of people I want to be around. And the great part about all of y'all is not only do I feel supported and lifted up by everyone in this program, but y'all also challenge and push back and make me go outside that comfort zone to be better. And I think that that really is a testament to how good our relationships are, that we can be authentic and we can be real with each other. I love the culture. I love the people here. And whenever classes end on the weekend, it's really sad to leave everyone. Uh, we just really enjoy being around each other. You know, I couldn't imagine doing a program like this without all of y'all in it. Yeah. And I would, I would definitely agree with Laura. One of the things I was most excited about coming to business school was that everyone seemed really sociable and networking is a big part of the business school culture, which is a big difference from engineering school where no one talks to each other or like no one makes direct eye contact. I will say, even though we haven't gotten to come to campus as much as we were supposed to due to COVID, I still feel like I've made really good friends in the program. And I feel like everyone is super willing to connect. So I definitely agree with Laura. I value the people in the program the most. Thank you very much for your participation and your answers. Yeah, thanks well, for thanks having us. Yeah, it's, that was fun. Thanks, y'all. I really appreciate yeah. it. You guys are doing a really great job. So I know. You're crushing it. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely got to have you. amigos. <laughs> Thank you.
So what can our audience expect from season two? First season was scary and fun at the same time. We were learning how to record and create a podcast in addition to navigating through our first year of the program, not to mention trying to avoid catching COVID. Wow, that's a lot. So I bet you're wondering what we have in store for season two. Our second season will be split into three different themes. The first revolves around career changes. The second involves thought leadership. And to close things up, we will focus on resources available for those interested in entrepreneurship. Also, we look forward to a crossover with the hosts of One Sky, a podcast that shares the views from the students of the full-time MBA program. So we'd like to thank you for tuning in this season, and we truly appreciate your support. We look forward to catching up with you in the next season. Hasta luego. Odabo. In case you're looking to get in on a Tar Heel hustle, make sure you check out our episodes available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to be featured on a future episode of the Tar Heel Hustle, feel free to click on the link in the show notes. We look forward to having you on the show. Until next time, keep hustling.